a podcast of Visit Bruges on the occasion of the Triennial Bruges 2021. Bruges, a city where heritage and innovation go hand in hand. Say Bruges and you immediately think of water and swans, world-famous monuments, medieval mystery, picturesque houses with stepped gables, chocolate and beer, lace and the Flemish primitives. After all, the city of Bruges is brimming with culture and respect for history and heritage. However, it's also filled with an amazing quantity of contemporary architecture, modern producers and young creatives. Bruges has something for everyone. You can stroll past ancient patrimonial pearls or along the green ramparts around the city. There are romantic places to discover, squares and streets and their special stories to explore and green oasis to enjoy. Bruges' cultural institutions also offer a very lively list of events, featuring exhibitions, theatre, concerts, dance performances and films. Besides a city of art, you'll also find tranquility and space. After all, Bruges is blessed with its own kilometres wide beach in Zeebruges, and those leaving the confines of the city will discover the nature of Bruges' wood and wetlands. As you can hear, Bruges is a vibrant city with lots going on throughout the year. Yet, every three years, there's an extra cherry on the cake when summer in the city is devoted to art and architecture. And this year, 2021, it's that special time again. From May to October, the Bruges Triennial will settle in the city for its third edition. It's a three-yearly summertime adventure along contemporary installations by artists and architects in the historic heart of the World Heritage City. The art trail always deals with a social question, and this year the Triennial takes a look at the city's less striking and more hidden gems. What goes on behind the scenes of these perfect spots we know from tourist guides or via Instagram? Before heading into the city, we dive into the history of Bruges. We go back to the city's origins and we zoom in on its flourishing and lesser-known history. Water has been a common theme running throughout the history of Bruges. Bruges became an international and active trading city with a port due to its connection with the sea and its favourable location. At the same time, the city was strongly fortified and became a powerful political bastion. The presence of the Flemish counts, who ran the county of Flanders from Bruges, reinforced this powerful position. In 1134, an event occurred that was both fortunate and unfortunate. A storm tide caused the creation of the Zwin. This made Bruges even easier to access via the sea. Prosperous and rich traders from all over Europe settled in the city and the world's very first stock exchange emerged in Bruges under the influence of Italian bankers.
In the 15th century, this culminates in Bruges' golden age. In this period, the city was run by the Dukes of Burgundy. They were delighted to live in Bruges and enjoyed relaxing in the luxurious prince's court. Thanks to their excellent taste and desire to impress, they commissioned work by the most famous artists, including the painters Jan van Eyck and Hans Memling. Not only the dukes, but also rich traders, clergymen and noble families were attracted by the city's cultural dynamic. Sadly, this wonderful fairy tale did not last forever. As from 1480, there was an economic and political crisis. Furthermore, the Zwin soon silted up, causing Bruges to surrender its powerful trading position to Antwerp. It was the end of the Golden Age. Still, Bruges was not a city to give up easily and did not just sit there and do nothing. In the 16th and 17th century, the city did its best to return to prosperity. Unfortunately, this great ambition was hindered by political intrigue, war and changes of power. It was in this period that lace was introduced. This traditional Bruges craft became an important source of revenue to fill the city treasury. The Industrial Revolution brought the city no benefits and by the mid-19th century, Bruges had become a poor and outdated place. Strangely enough, it was a novel that helped turn the tide. Bruges la Morte, the book in question, was written by Georges Rodenbach and published in 1892. In the novel, Rodenbach describes Bruges as a sleepy, yet particularly mysterious place. The book featured 35 photos illustrating the text. It was these images in particular that made many readers curious. His novel launched a revival of the city. People rediscovered Bruges' wonderful heritage and its mysterious intimacy immediately became its greatest asset. Bruges took its first cautious step towards tourism in the 19th century. Having discussed a concise history of Bruges, we jump to the city's relationship with art and architecture. Indeed, these art forms have been a common theme throughout the history of Bruges. In the 19th century, Bruges revived. Yet, this resurrection was accompanied by the difficult exercise of balancing the protection of medieval heritage and satisfying the social needs of a modern city. A new and sophisticated urban strategy emerged. Particular attention was paid to caring for the medieval city center and its accessibility. This meant that Bruges was connected to the new Belgian railway network and also became more accessible thanks to a permanent ferry connection between Ostend and England. Bruges played these two cards in exploiting its potential for tourism. The country was undergoing renewal and Bruges welcomed these changes with open arms. In doing so, it shook off its medieval ties. With the emergence of neo-Gothic architecture and the efforts by city architect Louis de la Sancerie, the typical stepped gables and dormer windows were reintroduced in Bruges. 
de la Sancerie also linked the Gothic style with an illustrious and Catholic history. His approach was praised at both the city and national level. These were the famous words of King Leopold II. May the whole city be one extensive and magical museum, and let no foreigner come to Belgium without visiting the city. So you could say that Leopold II helped to ensure that Bruges is now sometimes scornfully referred to as an open-air museum. <laughs> From architecture to visual arts, 1902 and 1930 were two memorable years for art history in Bruges. In 1902, the greatest exhibition about the Flemish primitives was held in Bruges. Never before had so many works from the 15th and early 16th century been gathered in one place. And exactly 100 years after Belgium's independence, the Gruninger Museum opened its doors. It was the first place to gather all exceptional works of art, including Gerard David's Judgment of Cambyses and Jan van Eyck's Virgin and Child with Canon van der Paale. The latter work by van Eyck was created in Bruges and has never left the city. Something to be proud of. And where do the roots of the Bruges Triennial lie? Well, an exciting period of visual arts began in Bruges after the Second World War. In 1968, the city and the province of West Flanders teamed up to organize a summer manifestation. It was designed to review the contemporary Belgian art scene every three years. It eventually gave rise to the Bruges Triennial. It put Bruges on the map as a contemporary city of art. How did Bruges obtain its recognition as UNESCO World Heritage? This appears to have been a synergy of various factors. Let's take a closer look at the past, present and future of Bruges. In the post-war years, the inner city of Bruges became run down. Fortunately, in 1965, a group of concerned city residents alerted the government to the loss of character and heritage. The result? The foundation of the Department for the Protection of Monuments and City Renovation in 1971. This department bore the task of supervising all architectural and urban planning projects in the inner city, based on the principles of the Charter of Venice. This charter was a guide which determined how to approach the restoration and protection of precious buildings and monuments. These were the first steps in Bruges' heritage policy. Then came the new millennium 2000, along with some remarkable appreciation. Bruges' efforts in heritage policy were commended with a series of special awards. In 1998, the Beguinage was recognized by UNESCO as World Heritage. One year later, the Belfry was also added to the list, followed by the entire historic city centre in 2000. However, how did Bruges end up being recognized as a World Heritage City? Well, 
Bruges is home to some precious architectural heritage, but it's also a beautiful example of a city which is very homogeneous when it comes to architecture. For example, it is famous for its brick Gothic. Moreover, the authentic, organic development of the city structure has been retained, not to mention the fact that Bruges was the birthplace of the Flemish primitives. So, there were actually plenty of reasons for UNESCO to class Bruges as a World Heritage City. It's no surprise that the city and its residents are very proud of these many awards. Bruges cherishes its past, but also stands firmly in the present and is keen to embrace the future. Let's now focus on the architecture in Bruges. Are you familiar with the concert hall known as Concertgebouw Bruges? As well as an arts centre, it's also a contemporary architectural gem. Did you know that the building also played a key role in Bruges claiming the title of Cultural Capital of Europe in 2002? We'll show you around. A concert hall for Bruges. This idea emerged in the early 1990s. The people of Bruges dreamed of a contemporary platform for music, dance and visual arts as a valuable addition to the city's cultural dynamic. In 1997, an international competition was launched to design the building. At the same time, Bruges entered its application to be cultural capital of Europe. Bruges is highly ambitious, in case you didn't know. The design competition was won by the famous Belgian architects duo Robrecht and Dame. Shortly after, it was also announced that Bruges would be cultural capital of Europe in 2002. One of the objectives of this prestigious project was to integrate contemporary architecture in the city. This meant that the construction of the new concert hall, Concertgebouw Brugge, became rather urgent. The pressure to complete the building on time for the cultural year just kept on growing, reaching a peak when one week before the opening, a quarter of the 1,200 chairs still needed assembling. Fortunately, everything was achieved in time. In no less than two and a half years, the Red Concertgebouw Brugge appeared on its sand. The Cultural Institute is not a building that stands on its own, but one that interacts with the city and its surroundings. Indeed, the building is clad with no less than 68,000 oxblood red terracotta tiles. These refer to the characteristic red roofs within the heart of Bruges. The building's lantern tower is a reference to the chubby church towers of Bruges' surrounding villages, such as Damme, Lissewege and Oostkerke. Moreover, the horizontal structure of the Concertgebouw contrasts beautifully with the vertical architecture of the Belfry, St. Saviour's Cathedral and the Church of Our Lady. From the large windows within the building, visitors can enjoy stunning views of the city, just like a postcard. Finally, Concertgebouw Brugge is also a statement when it comes to contemporary visual arts. The centre houses works by famous Belgian artists such as Luc Teumans, Dirk Brackmann, Karel de Keizer and Peter Verhelst. So we can certainly call it an icon. There's a reason why it's included on the list of 1001 buildings you must see before you die. 
concert hall has been internationally praised and won several prizes. It's famous for its brilliant acoustics, its technology, but also for its ability to attract tourists. The title Cultural Capital of Europe and Concertgebouw Brugge certainly put Bruges on the map as a contemporary city of art. Let's take a closer look at the two previous triennials in 2015 and 2018. They raised questions about a livable versus a lively city. And what is the role of Bruges in the triennials? The first triennials in the 60s and 70s were a great success, but sadly were not immediately pursued. There was certainly a will to make contemporary art accessible to a wider audience. However, for political and financial reasons, they were not continued right away. So, for a long time, 1974 remained the year of the last triennial for Bruges. In 2015, the triennial was finally back. Bruges received a tremendous boost to tourism with the embellishments of the urban network in neo-Gothic style and later with its recognition by UNESCO as World Heritage. From then on, art and architecture by national and international artists went hand in hand and were displayed mainly outdoors. This new triennial was first held in 2015. The temporary artistic and architectural interventions offered the city's locals and visitors a new perspective on the city. Bruges was finally able to shake off its image as a medieval outdoor museum. From here on, Bruges itself played a leading role in the triennials. This led to the highly topical question in 2015, what if the five million or more tourists visiting Bruges each year were actually to stay? Following on from the 2015 theme, the triennial took a step further in 2018. With Liquid City as a theme, the Bruges Triennial took a look at how we live together as neighbors, friends or colleagues. How flexible, liquid and resilient is a historic city like Bruges? The installations formed an answer to this question and were nearly all positioned along or upon the water. Bruges therefore literally became a liquid city with water crisscrossing the city and creating economic opportunities, prosperity, growth, culture and habitation. What about the future? What do Triennial Bruges 2021 and the city of Bruges have in store for us? Well, Bruges continues building on a future where world heritage can go hand in hand with contemporary art and architecture. From May 8th to October 24th, 2021, Bruges will once again be the stage for the Bruges Triennial. With trauma, 
The curatorial team has chosen a surprising theme for this edition. To this end, 13 national and international artists have gone in search of the less visible side of picture-perfect Bruges. For many visitors, this city is a paradise, an idyllic spot where time stood still and you can enjoy the beauty and peace without a single care. Of course, this is partly true. However, we shouldn't forget that there are two sides to any paradise. What goes on behind the walls? What happens in the hidden gardens and courtyards? If the city were a stage, what would go in the wings? After all, Bruges does have a mysterious side, a parallel story that is also part of its history. That's something that shouldn't be forgotten. With these questions, the Bruges Triennial 2021 goes in search of the hidden city, finding a balance between dream and reality, between what is private and what is public. The artistic trail starts once more at the Portersloge. This is also where you'll discover the exhibition known as The Porous City, which delves deeper into the topic of trauma. In addition to a new edition of the Triennial, the future also has something else in store for Bruges. Indeed, a state-of-the-art museum and artistic district is coming to the heart of the historic city. The site will be named Brusque and will be located beside the Groninger Museum. In this way, the city is continuing its investments in an innovative and contemporary art strategy. Brusque will be an architectural beacon with a sloping roof to avoid disrupting Bruges' historic skyline. There will be two high exhibition galleries on the first floor where exceptionally large works of art can be displayed. With the addition of a new city park, this museum site will be an accessible and open space for both residents and visitors. So, we have listed many of Bruges' beautiful assets, both historic and contemporary. Now you simply need to discover it for yourself. Of course, we'd be delighted to guide you with our tips. Imagine Bruges. We're keen to fuel your desire to travel again, to dream again. Dream about the city of Bruges and its great diversity. You'll think of the city and you'll never forget it. Imagine Bruges gets you started, and your imagination does the rest. We already mentioned it at the beginning of this podcast. In Bruges, there's no need to choose. Within the city, the canals flow. For centuries, they have been the arteries of the city. They meander through Bruges, treating us to magnificent glimpses of secret gardens, romantic bridges and medieval facades. From the centre, simply follow the canals called Augustenere, Gaudenandre, and then Potriere to the district around the Groot Seminari in the north of the city. Want a little rest? No problem. You'll find a piece of green in almost every street and a park in every district. Ideal spots for a rest while exploring the city. 
fans of art and architecture will not only be able to enjoy the Triennial in Bruges this year, they might also enjoy the CityMap 2525 Contemporary Art and Architecture in Bruges and the book Image of a City that was published in 2020, exactly 20 years after Bruges' recognition as a UNESCO World Heritage City. Both portray a selection of contemporary monuments and architectural projects and invite you to explore the city and seek out unexpected places. From Fabre to Permeke, from the Concertgebouw Brugge, Concert Hall, to the State Archives. In addition to the contemporary art and architecture, street art has also acquired a place on the streets of Bruges, hinting at the city's rich history. For example, in the district of Atzant, you'll find a wall painting, meters high, of Mary of Burgundy, the beloved Queen of Burgundy, who tragically died after falling with her horse. Looking over at Sant, you'll find a wooden sculpture of a mysterious lady assembled by artist Strook with recovered materials from ancient Bruges places, including an old monastery. The street art festival, The Bridges, continues to add to the Bruges Street collection. Say Bruges, and you immediately think of craftsmen and entrepreneurship. Indeed, Bruges is often associated with exceptional traditional products, such as the Flemish primitives during the Middle Ages. Even today, the city remains a breeding ground for creative entrepreneurs. For example, there is the Handmade in Bruges label that is awarded to those producing by hand and in Bruges. A separate guide lists these producers and literally puts them on the map. In this way, you can easily find your way to the handmade workshops of, for example, potters, jewellery designers, musical instrument makers, textile designers, specialty coffee roasters, interior designers, bakers, chocolate makers and even surfboard producers. And there's plenty of choice. Of course, all that city tripping makes you hungry. But you'll find plenty of goodies in Bruges, the ultimate foodie destination. Two reputed hotel schools, Spermali and Terkrune Porte, train culinary talent that is taking the world by storm. Mm -mm. Furthermore, nowhere else in the world will you find so many gourmet restaurants concentrated in and around a single city. The district around Langestraat and Hoogstraat is paradise when it comes to culinary addresses. There's so much to see and do, to discover, taste and experience. It's quite normal that you'll be tired after a while, so you'll surely be spending the night in Bruges. Hmm? Bruges is also wonderful to explore in the evening. And then wake up and watch the city gradually come alive. Imagine going on a journey to Bruges. Imagine that. Imagine Bruges. Would you like to know more? Has the story of Bruges given you an appetite too? And would you like to know more about its history, Triennial 2021, and the city's art and architecture? Get further inspiration from five podcast episodes telling you more about historic Bruges, its art and architecture, and go exploring along the route of Triennial 2021. Treat yourself to a visit to Bruges during this Triennial from May 8th to October 24th. 
Find more information on www.visitbruges.be.